88 FM. If you will it, it is no dream, were the famous words of Theodor Herzl. Continue the legacy of the founders and leaders of Israel by leaving a bequest or an endowment fund for the people of Israel through the United Israel Appeal. For more information, contact UIA on 9272-5533. Listen to the Israel Connection on JA Community Radio in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday from 4 till 5pm, repeated Fridays from 1 to 2pm. My name is David Schulberg, and for the past seven years I have been bringing you a probing weekly radio program that provides analysis and insight with important interviews and discussion about Israel. Welcome and a big hello to J-Air listeners in Melbourne. We are live from London. Every Sunday morning with the London Beat. Warren Wills presenting for you the London Beat. Chat and arts all coming to you live from London. London Beat. I'm Lily Steiner and I would love you to become a member of J-Air. Love that you're listening, but join up and encourage your friends to join too. It's only $54 a year and it helps us keep the station on the air. You can join on our website, www.j-air.com.au. You are listening to J-Air. 88FM You are tuned into The Havel Radio Station Everyone loves 88FM On air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week And online at j-air.com.au Greetings, greetings, dear friends, long-suffering listeners. Somehow, don't ask me how we've done it, we have limped our way into the season of goodwill, the festive season of 2023. Goodness me, I don't know how we've done it, but there we go. <clears throat> Our species is kind of nearly intact. This is Warren Wills coming to you with this week's edition of the London Beat 88FM J-Air. <clears throat> JB Jordan Brown doing the heavy lifting over there in Gillingham Camp. Loads of call-outs, too many call-outs. Too many people involved. Too many people part of this global family. And my goodness me, whatever Tim Berners-Lee would have thought, the man who invented internet and the Wi-Fi, it was his gift to humanity. He didn't pay since it didn't want anything for it. As we are swept aside in a tsunami of misinformation and God knows what else. But there we are. <clears throat> we are, have arrived at Hanukkah. We are into the festive season of the birth of baby Jesus. And of course, I just discovered at the same time it is Yalda in Persia. 
uh, back in the day, a Zoroastrian tradition, look it up, Yelda, as in little girl in Hebrew, correct. This, as I say, it's Warren Wills, still a very hoarse Warren Wills. What does that tell us? I don't know. I wouldn't read too many runes into it, but there we are, we have arrived at the end of 2023. Well, there we go. We thought that uh, 2020, 2021, lockdown, one thing or the other, could it get any worse? Could What could possibly happen? Well, dear listeners, you know. Well, it's certainly been an interesting and eclectic and diverse year. And certainly at the start of the year, I was thrilled to have been hooked up with someone. I, at a micro level, thought, wow, what I do creatively and artistically, someone who can do it financially and pull, pull it all together, proved to be um, quite a godsend until he got so successful he went off and did a lot of big hitting over in India. And that's Jeff, Jeff Harrison. So big call out to Jeff. A huge call out to Vanny Vabiola. Half a billion views, Sumatran, Indonesian, religious Muslim girl, songbird, lovely girl, came over here. We did concerts together at Canby Done. We all got on. Not only that, she has two million subscribers to her own website. She's just become a massive star in China, would you believe? So good for her. That's pretty amazing. A huge call out to people who are there at the coalface for trying to do stuff that is going to make a positive, a massively positive impact whenever possible. Big call out to Ron Finkel and the Rosanna Project doing what they can uh, in exceedingly challenging times. But they've done it before in challenging times, trying to get dialysis machines, um, medicine across the Gaza and the West Bank and interchange. We are one global family. Yes, there's plenty of bad apples and there's plenty of people who don't think. Uh, people who are swept swept along like it's part of a social club. You know, someone reminded me that... Um, when Herbert von Karajan became the conductor, principal conductor of the Berlin um, uh, Philharmonic, having replaced uh, all the Jews who were thrown out um, by Hitler, one of the first things he did culturally, he said, ah, oh, he said, yes, so I was a card-carrying Nazi. He said it was like being the member of a skiing club. I mean, it's sort of casual disregard, like being part of a social club, it seems. Anyway, there's all that going on. <clears throat> but a huge call out to Ron Finkel, doing his business. Um, so many... Real trailblazers, and I mean real trailblazers, um, left us this year, right at the top of the year. Do you remember Raquel Welsh? I mean, she set the stores out. She was the big, um, you know, the big siren. She was the Pamela Anderson of her day. She left us. Top on. Uh, you know, they talk about uh, recognisable faces uh, from the Middle East. And certainly in Israel, there was Top on, there was gold in my ear. We had a coronation, <clears throat> King Charles, and... However you look at it, <clears throat> there was certainly a lot of upstaging going on by a rather unruly son, and he's certainly in the UK, much reviled wife, me again, Markle. I say that, I was in the UK when Paul McCartney's um, second wife after um, Linda died, Heather Mills was seen uh, again as a sort of profiteering, sour, trash-talking, and he had the dignity, Paul McCartney, he didn't respond to any of it. She left the country uh, and is reviled, and I suspect uh, Megan Markle has um, certainly much of the same thing going on. And then the young boy came out, <clears throat> thought he would write the Sour Grapes uh, book, and it took off like wildfire, like everything. Um, what did they say? If it, if it bleeds, it leads. Scandal and sensation. And that, of course, was Harry with his book, Spare. March the 12th, uh, <clears throat> there we were, getting back into our pomp after two years of lockdown, certainly from my viewpoint. Um, my partner had a life-changing stroke. 
that's it. I mean, the, the entire world changed. Um, went off the grid. Um, she made the most miraculous, and I mean miraculous, recovery. But while so many around her and me, close family, friends, relatives, people here, people in London, for both of us, um, passed away. I mean, it was, listen, it was one of those years. I'm backwards and forwards, up to Merrimack. Yes. There's all kinds of nonsense shenanigans going on at a micro level. Um, <clears throat> myself having a mini stroke. Um, best friend calling me on the phone from London while having a heart attack. Uh, so it goes on. And of course my partner, her um, one remaining family member, brother, who passed away last week. We had the whole episode. Do you remember all the nonsense with, I think his name was Evgeny Plishev? Remember that guy? A bald guy ranting and railing. Remember? Oh, he was going to take on Putin. He was a chef. He was nasty. He was this and that. Well, I suspect that uh, that woman who cooked up a storm with the mushrooms and the beef wellington, I think she fed the entire crew of that plane, that ill-fated flight, beef wellington. That's it. They came crashing down. In fact, I don't know whether anyone saw it. <clears throat> there was one of those, they call it a meme, one of those funnies going about. Putin's sitting at his table, looking crestfallen, despondent. And he's there, and his, his secretary says, uh, he says, what's the matter? And Putin says, I'm so upset about the death of Evgeny Prigozhin. And his secretary says, no, that's tomorrow, sir. Yeah, that's about, just about sums it up, I would have thought. Um, we had a whole series of um, Trump indictments, one after the other. And listen, they're just trying, if they can do this to me, they can do this to you. I don't follow the logic of that. They, I mean, they've been trying to do this to him for his whole life because he's a con man. Um, Liz Truss, that will come up in his quiz show, must be the shortest serving Prime Minister. I can't even remember what it was. We had the World, Women's World Cup football, which was here in Australia and New Zealand, totally upstaged, totally upstaged, after the Spanish side won it because of that ignominious kiss, can you believe it? <clears throat> we had all the business going on with the Ashes. What a fantastic series it was. Congratulations to both songs. I mean, certainly England were unlucky to be on the losing end of that. Uh, having lost the first two, they certainly had the best of the remaining. Um, yeah, certainly the, uh, the re remaining tests that went on. We're about to certainly um, go hell for leather straight into the um, test series here in Australia now. The Big Bash League, we've had the Women's Big Bash League, um, we've got the Pakistan side over here, Australia's just won the one-day competition, it is absolutely perishingly cold in Europe, as everybody keeps telling me. A huge call out to Tongji, and of course, <clears throat> by the time you get this, yes, I know I'm coughing, I know I'm hoarse, don't worry, I have chest x-rays, it's all going to be okay, I'm the least of anybody's problems, I can assure you. Um, but, we had, by the time you get this, uh, we had um, SBS uh, came along and they were doing a documentary. It was in Mandarin. My Mandarin, I've got to say, is uh, come by Fat Choi, non-existent, absolutely non-existent. Shay Sham, thank you. Um, but it was fantastic. And it was a discovery, Ho Feng Sham, with the uh, Tongji Melbourne Alumni Company of uh, graduates from Shanghai University, the most wonderful people, forging new relationships, that's what we like to see. Uh, I will follow up information as to when all that's happening. But it was about a man who um, put his head above the parapet, another courageous man. He was the Chinese Schindler. His name was Ho Feng Shan. But you will hear much more about that soon. Speaking of China, <clears throat> there was a time earlier in the year <clears throat> when all of our concentration, all of our focus was on a great big Chinese balloon making its way ever so slowly across the United States. And really, when you think about it, 
if that was the big news story of the time and would have continued to be gazing at some kind of Chinese spy book, I would say that all was well in the world. Clearly that wasn't the case because once it was shut down, the crashing, horrific reality set in. If you remember, there was a massive earthquake in both Turkey and Syria and that put an end to uh, Chinese balloon gazing. Well, oh, we've got much more to go. We've got a great show for you. I must mention, though, the three Bs. The three Bs. I can't believe we've lost the three Bs. Yes, Harry Belafonte, Bert Bacharach, Tony Bennett, and each in their own way, a revolutionary, the most extraordinary longevity, uh, and each thought enough was enough. It's been one of those years. It really has. Listen, we're going to pause for some music. It is a great pleasure having your company as we are celebrating. Listen, we have to celebrate life. The fragility of life. We are here, and whether it be Hanukkah, whether it be Christmas, whether it be Yelda, we need to take a positive attitude. We need to seize the moment. We need to get on with each other for a start. That would be rather good. Show a little bit of mutual respect. Uh, yeah, that would be quite good. Anyway, this is Warren Wills. It's 88 FM. It is J.R. It is the London Beat as we go streamrolling into the end of what has been the most turbulent year. You kind of thought, well, nothing can top what's happened with COVID and the lockdown. We have, just when you thought um, there is nothing that humanity can do that uh, would take your breath away. This is so jaw-dropping. It's, a, it's just appalling stupidity, horror, barbarism and cruelty. Yes, we can do it. We've done it. Well, we have. We've, we've overstepped the mark. The achievement. Uh, negative achievement. But no, we're going to remain positive. Let's listen to some music. It is great. JB, Jordan Brown doing the heavy lifting. It's a happy Hanukkah. It is me. It is Warren Wills. We've got to pause some music. Yes, I'm waffling because I'm doing my best to try and speak when I have no voice. This is the London Beat.
guessed, have you seen the old man walking down the streets of London? We're coming live from London. We're virtually sitting on the steps of St. Martin's in the fields. I'm here with the multi-talented, glorious and the wonderful Denise Sylvie. Welcome back to the show. Hello, it's wonderful to be back. We are here in, I can only describe this, it's, it's like being here in the middle of July. It is. And here we are approaching winter. It's the most beautiful day here in central London. And I'm thrilled to have the, the multi-talented Denise Sylvie, who has literally, I mean, virtually just come back from the Edinburgh Festival. I have indeed. I have been back about three or four weeks, but yeah. Well, I'm going to say hot-footing it back from, hot uh, it yeah, back, yeah. from Bonnie, Scotland. But oh. uh, so, to say, so to know this is a little bit about how was the festival for you? What was going on up there? Festival was great. I did two completely different shows. One was a political piece, and I ran a venue for two weeks as well. It's a huge undertaking. There is so much oh competition. Yes. Should we tell our listeners that virtually from eight o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the morning, that like sixteen hours later, every stone that anyone can stand on is being used as a venue. This is very true, and you and I have done it. I well, there's a lot of comp- absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so running a venue is no small undertaking. So how did you feel about all that? Um, well, it was sort of a posh venue, so it was a bit different. It was set in a hotel, which was um, a little bit outside. So um, it was a classy one. So we only actually ran it from about 3 o'clock until 10 every night. So it wasn't so bad. Okay. But so you, you obviously had... A home of companies, a um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we had a whole series of guests, so we had a, a sort of afternoon chat show. Okay. Um, with three guests on that every day, and then we had a host of celebrities that came in and did concerts or talks. Fantastic. In the Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you managed to get the word out, and there were a few bums on seats, and we heard? There were a few, and in the hotel we had our own little fringe garden, so we had, you know, drinks and pizzas and ice creams and things, and the weather surprised surprisingly for Edinburgh in August, was really quite warm. Because normally, as you and I both know, it normally rains every single day. Every single day. I have a special uniform for Edinburgh that only comes out in August. This time it was okay. Fantastic. Oh, oh, well, one of the very few uh, redeeming aspects of uh, climate change, you could say. Indeed, I think we're heading for 26 degrees this weekend. I know, I can't wait. Yes. It's ridiculous, but there we are. There we are. So you came back from Edinburgh, and we were also talking about the fact that, uh, that God has granted you a few more hours every day now that you don't have to come and do the, uh, the office commute on a daily basis. Indeed, I work largely from home. How good is that? It's better than good, I have to say. <laughs> I rather love it. It's the first time I've been into the centre of London in a week, which is unheard of, or would have been unheard of before. Um, the world has changed so much since COVID, and, and I still find it odd coming to London more so than most other places. So many people are still really ill with COVID. Mm, I know. It hasn't gone anywhere. No, it's possibly going to get worse, but we'll brush that one aside. (laughs) Bizarre. We're going to come right back and talk about another hat that you wear. Something to do with, I think, possibly the world's longest running... Oh, I can't imagine what that could be. Let me think. Is that right? (laughs) You're on 88 FM JA. This is Warren Wills in conversation with Denise Silver. We've got a pause for music. We'll be right back. You are, of course, listening to this week's edition of The London Beat.
And a huge warm welcome back to all our listeners for this week's edition of the London Beat, coming live from the steps of St Martin's in the Fields. Uh, just opposite um, a rather large column of a, a man who's about to be on the screen, I believe, Admiral Nelson, starring alongside Joaquin Phoenix, who's playing Napoleon Bonaparte in the release of Ridley Scott's new film, which is just about to drop. And uh, at a time where I think filmmakers are getting a little more serious, given we've had uh, a Salvador Dali with Ben Kingsley, and we've had Oppenheimer, uh, that's been on. I think it's fantastic that we've got Napoleon, but more importantly, never mind Napoleon, here comes the Empress herself, Mr. <laughs> Miss Denise Sylvie. Denise, welcome back to the show. What a wonderful build-up. <laughs> I thought, where is this going? Yeah. Indeed. Now, tell me, what is... This must be in the Guinness Book of Records. Oh, my goodness. What is the longest-running play in the world? The longest-running play in the world is The Mousetrap by Agatha Christie. The Mousetrap. Now, you wouldn't perhaps know anyone who's involved with this production, would you? Well, oddly enough, I might... Do share, do share. Um, Strangely enough, it could be me. Um, I am the artistic director of The Mousetrap and have been since 2009, having been in it several times before, but not, and it's run for, it'll be 71 years on November the 25th. And can you tell me, I've got a few questions about that, you're up to performance number, do you know? Absolutely no idea. Okay. Um, Twenty-seven. Now that's really unfair. Okay. That Next I question. Could, I could actually check. No, no, no. I, I've got to throw some, some scattergun questions at you. Yeah. Are any of the original cast still alive? No, not now. Aww. The last one was Jessica Spencer, who played Miss Casewell, and she died only about two years ago. Okay, that's interesting. Next question. Yeah. Has the staging remained constant, consistent throughout, or has it evolved? Um, we've tried to change it a bit. As long as everyone goes in and out of the doors at the right time, right. Um, we let the actors sort of... We, we work on it in each different... So people haven't been straight-jacketed for 71 no, years? No, absolutely not. And next question, does it still pay its, it pay its way after 71 years? Absolutely. We have sold out signs, both in London and on the tour at the moment. Well, we'll come to the tour in a minute. Quick, okay, in London, would you say the majority of people who see it are seeing it for the first time still? Oh, yes, definitely. It's been one of those interesting things. We were the first ones out of the traps after COVID. And we had two um, two casts, which so we had a cast on and a cast off just in case anybody got ill. And we did that for the first eight weeks. And everybody wanted was desperate to see theatre. So all those people who'd never seen it before came to see it. And then they were telling their friends, and then everybody was still coming to see it. So a lot of them are so first timers. I was going to say, if if you are a tourist in London and you are from Japan or from Canada, South Korea. Australia. Uh, I imagine it's one of the um, bucket list must-see shows. Because it's up there with Madame Tussauds and the Tower of London, I it think. It must be. But there's a lot of Brits there as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. This is good news. I'm going to ask you about the tour, but before we do that, I'm going to pause for a little bit of music. You'll listen to our rules and conversations with Denise Sylvie this week's edition of The London Beat.
and a huge warm welcome back to all our listeners for this week's London. I'm rather bemused. I just discovered this week upon arriving in London, I thought neighbours had finished and they'd farewelled everyone and Harold Bishop. I've discovered it's on again. They're filming and shooting. It's not on in Australia, but it's on in England. And Guy Pearce is in it. I thought he'd become a big Hollywood star. He remembers the jumble beginnings. He remembers what brought him to Hollywood. Can you believe Neighbours is on again? And it's here in England. I get very excited about nothing. But you know what? Sitting opposite me is someone who's going to tell me about something else that's on I heard on Channel 4, and it's called Party Gaze. And it's a mockumentary. Apparently it's fantastic. Welcome back to the show. The multiply talented, incredible... She's not really anything to do with Napoleon Barnett at all. She's far more talented and far better looking. Uh, welcome back to the show, Denise Sylvie. Thank you very much, Warren. Before we get on to what your main shtick is, have you heard of this thing that's currently doing the rounds on Channel 4 called Party Gate. Yes, I watched it the other night. Please, tell me about it. Um, I thought it was rather a bit of an incendiary device, especially during the Tory party conference when they showed it. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Odd timing that, I thought, but perfect. Um, what a coincidence. <laughs> it was a bit of coincidence hmm. there. Um, yes, I thought it was um, fast I wonder if you'll get that in Australia. I'm not sure everyone's up to speed with Partygate. Well, Partygate comes from when we were in the height of COVID and we were being told to be, you know, separate and um, oh, we up also, in our we all houses. saw the Queen in mourning, sitting on her lonesome, indeed, being a good girl and obeying all the uh, restriction rules that were uh, yes. ushered down from un- upon high from Mr. Boris, indeed, while they were all partying in number ten. Disgraceful. Especially the night before Prince Philip's funeral. Disgraceful. But there we are. Well, we'll keep an, an eye and an ear open for it. Now, as someone who is attached to a British institution, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about Prince Philip either, so, uh, but for someone who is attached to the mousetrap, tell me about the touring, because um, you, you, you just mentioned it as artistry, you've been to India. Yes, I have. I've taken the production to India twice, with two Mumbai, Chennai, and Bangalore. In Hindi, Gujarat? No, no what that, language? Was in, that was in English, and I took an English cast over. Very nice. Which was very lovely, and hopefully we're going back again. But I've also taken it to China. We went to Shanghai twice, once with an English cast and once with a Mandarin cast. And what did the Mandarin cast make of it? Did they, um, did they get all the nuances and subtleties and mm, the humour? It was it was an interesting experience and I did it with a translator whose English was about as good as my Mandarin. Okay. So it was fine. It was, yeah, they, they did get most People turned up? They, my God, yes, full houses, yeah. Um, were there, it's quite a big English community now in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Did they turn up and got a rather surprise that it was a Mandarin? I can't imagine <laughs> the, uh, the expat Brits and Aussies who live in Shanghai. I'm not sure their Mandarin's up to it yet. No, I think they knew that one was in Mandarin, but the ten, about a year before, ten months before, I'd taken over an English cast. In right. fact, I was in it as well because somebody dropped out. Right. So uh, we'd done it in English in the same theatre. So fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Looking, if I'm sure I asked you this last time, looking into your crystal ball for 2024, which um, we certainly hope doesn't have the same setbacks as 2023. What uh, What is um, cooking? in terms of um, directing and producing and the mousetrap? What, what, um, well, the mousetrap has been on tour in this country um, already for a year and it's going on, it's doing 70 weeks at 70 different venues in Britain. And so we With are, the same cast? No, no, we recast it three times, so we're in the middle of the second cast okay. at the moment. 
Um, and that's sort of my baby. So we're doing, um, we're just about to recast it for the third and last leg. And that goes on. It started in September last year, 2022, and it goes on until August 2024. Wow. It's a long old haul. Uh. Well, listen, Denise, it's such a pleasure seeing you. More grist to your mill. And long may you continue to rollick and frolic freely around Chiswick and not have to uh, endure the uh, yes, the commute. <laughs> we're going to pause for some music. What a delight it is to be in London. It feels like the middle of summer. And we've been listening to Denise Sylvia in conversation. You are, of course, listening to this week's edition of The London Beat. For once, believe in something you can't see Have faith, for once have faith, for once in me Not the first time things aren't what they seem You won't know me the next time we meet A different time in a different street Let go, let go of any superstition Your intuition The way seems dark But all will be revealed I know you hurt But soon you will be healed A chill wind blows You stop in your tracks Should you travel on Should you go back You shiver, you go on Snowflakes falling Stirring up old memories A far-off voice calling Let go, let go of any superstition Huge warm welcome back to all of our listeners for this week's edition of the London Beat coming from the 
middle of Piccadilly, the hub, the pulsating centre of the West End, and sitting next to me, sitting opposite me, is a man who is, who is thrown off his panto costume, stopped doing those imitations, and headed out into the rural, rustic life, where in Wales, apparently, some people talk like that. They're very supportive. Welcome to the show. The fantastic talent that uniquely is the wonderful Mr. Alistair McGowan. Alistair, Hello, well, not completely giving up the impressions, and not quite Wales either. Have, On the have, I, have I misrepresented you? No, I'm not doing many stand-up gigs at the moment. I might go back to it, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, happy doing other things at the moment. I kind of think, I might be wrong, when I now think of you, I kind of have this seismic shift. I'm kind of thinking comedy, 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 and the needles turn to music. Is that true to say? Yeah, that's where the obsession lies. I mean, if you're going to do anything creative, you've got to be obsessed by it, driven yep. by it, passionate about it. And uh, that's where my interests and passions lie now, definitely. Was there a point in your life you thought comedy, mm, I don't know. I think it happened very slowly, and it's only since I've just—it's just suddenly the ideas dry up. Right. Suddenly think, well, I'm not thinking anything funny anymore. Right. Uh, And I don't know why that happens. Partly, I think you want to comment on society, and suddenly get to a certain age. I'm nearly 60, I suppose, and um, you know, I feel less in touch with the world, so I don't feel I can comment on the world in the same way that I used to. Right. Well, of course, in music, um, we deal in abstraction, so we don't have to. uh be specific to anyone. Well, no, and also you're living in the past a lot in music, which is a very nice place to be. Right. In many respects, you know, and your relationships become with people who don't change. They don't disappoint you suddenly. We know all we're going to ever find out about, you know, Eric Satie or about Chopin or about Debussy. So we know who they are. It's, it's quite a nice comforting thought. It's a comforting thought that they, they, they gave us gifts. They actually did, but they weren't selfish and they decided to set their thoughts down in manuscripts oh. and language. Because I remember being five or six years old and my mum used to say, who would you rather be with living people or dead people and I said well it depends who the dead people are I have a lot of fun spending hours with J.S. Bach and his pals so yeah 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 absolutely and uh, yeah you just shut yourself off in your own world with that sort of music and I absolutely adore that now and it's time consuming and wonderfully time consuming in a sense you know when you're not rushing around everywhere but I think anybody who's taking up an instrument or suddenly starting to get interested in that sort of music any sort of music but particularly classical and particularly piano which is what I can talk about you know it's easy to say oh I can't find half an hour in a day. I can't do two hours practice a day, which is what you know you really want to do, need to do to improve. But if it's 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, it's amazing what you can suddenly take out of your life and think, oh yeah, I don't miss that anymore actually. I've just done 20 minutes of scales, or I've just done 20 minutes on that bar, or I've done 20 minutes on that piece, and suddenly... It all helps. It's it an accumulative... It doesn't happen overnight. It's an no, accumulative effect. It is. But I have still been doing impressions, uh, although they're not sort of up to the minute. One of my latest ventures actually was doing a film, uh, which is out, probably streaming very soon. I know it's around in uh, art house cinemas at the moment over here probably in Australia too uh, or will be called uh, My Name is Alfred Hitchcock and it's a two hour documentary that I voice as Hitchcock talking about all the styles that you're in this film techniques you see to tell the stories better uh, where he put his camera how he treats some of his actors themes he returns to so that was very interesting and it's, it's a good watch without, like without having to um, unlike Anthony Hopkins get into a fat suit yes quite, quite. <laughs> I had to get into a fat voice, but not a fat suit. Very, very good. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, you... It was really exciting. Is this something, did you, did you actually write the script for this, or are you just voicing it? I just voiced it, and it was lovely to come in at that time. Mark Cousins is the director, and uh, he did a great job on it. So, and that, uh, before we move away completely from the comedy thing, I... I have a debt of gratitude. I've got to give you a big thank you. One of my, now, I think, one of my favourite pieces of writing is actually the Dodo piece by Noel Cowell, which I actually think is, if you say, what are your top 
ten pieces that you would like to be read to you, I think that may well be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not yet the dodo. It's called. Yeah. yeah, about a family called the Bedringtons. So moving. It's really moving about their their gay son. It's, it's but it's, it's clever. It's witty. It's funny. It's, it's life. It's a microcosm of life compressed yep. into. A well, if you want another tip for a moving piece of writing, which I was involved in last year for the first and I hope not last time. Mm. Do you know a piece called Enoch Arden? No. It's a poem by Tennyson, a long form poem by Tennyson, which Richard Strauss got hold of. Right. And in German, it's now obviously in English as well because Tennyson wrote it in English, but he did it in. German. He put music to it. It's not even a musical version of it. There's bits of music under this poem. You, right. you need a good pianist, you are a good pianist, you need a good reader. But the story of Enoch Arden, Interesting. you won't get through it without crying. I had to employ so many techniques when I performed it last year in Ludlow at our piano festival to stop me from crying and only, uh, it still didn't work. I Three or four years ago, during lockdown, we all had a little bit of extra time. Mm. I'd never known an awful lot of writing by Byron. Mm-hmm. And I came across his poetry form, rhyming verse, of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Oh, really? Yeah. He's utter genius. Yeah, yeah. Utter genius. Yeah. Well, yeah. to maintain that rhythm for so long. And it's the same with the Enoch Arden. It's so clever and yet so moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tennyson, you know, it's not rhyming, but there is a structure we tried to take. We did take out a few lines because it's long in performance. But even then, if you take out a few lines or words, you've got to make sure you obey the meter because there is a meter to it. You can tell when something's right, not right. quite right. But, yeah, it's a masterful art form, which is much neglected. But check that out. We are going to pause for some music now, but when we come back with the uh, delightful, still impressive and impressionistic and doing impressions, Mr. Alice McGowan, we're going to talk about a little festival that's brewing on his doorstep. You are listening to Alice McGowan Conversation with Warren Wills for this week's edition of The London Beat.
Sadly, dear listeners, all good things must indeed come to an end in this week's edition of The London Beat is no exception. It has been a privilege, a real privilege, he says, putting his teeth in, sharing some magical moments with you on Sunday mornings. I look forward to many more to come and we'll certainly be heading back to London next year. Uh, yes, and back to Kazakhstan, back to the Middle East, back to all sorts of things. Let's hope they're still around. Uh, as I said earlier at the start, um, the three Bs, Tony Bennett, Harry Belafonte and Burt Bacharach. When I grew up, the three Bs, it was Bach, Beethoven and Brahms. But uh, in their 90s, Tony Bennett, Harry Belafonte and Burt Bacharach. Elon Musk, he stepped up to the place with full of contradiction and... and Companies were leaving him, and Tesla was making fortunes, and he was being attacked everywhere, and people going off with spacecraft, and Twitter changed its name to X, Y, I have no idea. Uh, I didn't mean X, Y, but why it changed its name to X, I have absolutely no idea. I mentioned before about the absolutely horrific goings-on, if you remember, <clears throat> um, with regard the Chinese balloon gazing coming to an abrupt halt when we had the cataclysmic earthquakes in both Turkey and Syria. Hot on those heels, we had the most appalling bushfires in Greece, in Spain, with any in Hawaii. So many people died. Then we had the most appalling earthquake in Marrakesh. Then we had the most appalling flood um, in Libya, at which time people were thinking, can it get any worse? Well, I managed to get away um, and had the most extraordinary time, as I said, up in uh, Burabay and up on the Russian border in, gosh, Astana. And it really was fantastic. And then going to London. And I've, I've dwelt on that and it was remarkable. During that time, there was a little referendum that was held in Australia about The Voice. My God, it became so divisive. I mean, well, I think it was a, uh, supposed to be a very simple proposition, but it just goes to show you when it comes to change, people not really for it. Conservatism wins the day. Does anyone remember who won the Oscar? Who won Best Actor? Anyone remember? I don't. Uh, who won Best Actress? Anyone remember? Oh, no. The guy who won the Best Actor was the guy who came out of disgrace, and it, I mean, I can't remember his name, and he played the whale. Never saw it. I do want to see the Lenny Bernstein film Maestro with Bradley Cooper. And I do want to see Napoleon and Golda Meir. Um, Beatles had a single, went straight to number one. How's that? Pretty, pretty good. It was nice going to Sydney to see it. Um, a friend put on Joseph. It was in Melbourne and it went up to Sydney. By the way, having been to Sydney, coming back here, that was it. The earth changed, birthday time. That's it. Stroke. Oh, my Lord. Ill health going on a foot. Henry Kissinger passed away. A much respected man. A much reviled man. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on such things. Um, the whole world changed. I was in London. I was in South London at about 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, the 7th of October, amidst so much human suffering and misery going on with governments and uh, cataclysmic um, climate events and the Russian war going on. Hamas unleashed... Well, you know what they unleashed... And you know where we are. I mean, how, how it plays out, how, how it changes, how it ends, how it gets resolved, who rebuilds it, how people live together, I have no idea. Uh, but certainly we are here to pursue peace, uphold human rights, a bit of mutual respect. We did a concert not so long ago, and the whole idea was humanity, empathy, courage, and friendship. That's it. That's it. Um, David Cameron emerged from the swamp, from the gloom, having fallen on his own sword when he completely destroyed 
their outlook for the next 50 years by setting up a referendum that they lied in order to achieve, which, uh, <clears throat> which led to the fact that Britain pulled out of the EU. <sighs> People living over there, they know the story. It's perishingly cold over there. Things have gone up and expensive because it's all the fruits coming in from Spain. It's been a disaster. People lie. David Cameron, he was followed hot on his heels by Boris Johnson. By Liz Truss. It will come up in a quiz show, believe me. Um, AI. That was another big thing this week. Turkey teeth. Here in Melbourne, Peter Hitchin and Neil Mitchell. Long-serving, really, really, I mean the bedrock of continuity and authority are both hanging up, well, who can blame them, hanging up their, um, their rather father-like, patronly, comforting um, voices in terms of news. I found the two most interesting stories here in Australia this year, to be honest with you, was, of course, the mushroom woman and the Beef Wellington incident. Good thing the kids don't like Beef Wellington. And this appalling policeman who tasered, what was it, a 95-year-old woman? She was coming toward him very, very slowly with a Zimmer frame holding a knife. So he tasered her and she died. <laughs> the breadth and depth of stupidity, it's more than stupidity. Anyway, he's up for manslaughter, rightly so. Scariest single incident for me, there was a hanging cable car of young kids on their way to school in Pakistan. It was over a ravine, hung and suspended. It was shockingly frightening, shockingly frightening. Speaking of Pakistan, Imran Khan, hero. Adored, love, 70% of the country adored and love him. We will never hear from him again. Or from Aung San Suu Kyi, or from Julian Sanjo, or from the Valley. That's the way it works. Tina Turner, she's gone. Matthew Perry, Sinead O'Connor. And I suppose one of the most telling insights uh, into what's going on about mankind was, I suppose, the most absorbing film that I think I, I saw this year was Oppenheimer, uh, about people using their creative industry to be the height of destructive. Um, I suppose that sums it up in itself. But listen, I remain positive, I really do. We're going to have a great 2024. We're going to celebrate life. I am totally mindful of the shocking stuff that is going on right across the board and the hypocrisy and all I, I can't. I can't dwell on it. You've heard it enough. Music is a source that will bring people together. Uh, it'll pick us up. It's our culture. It's our humanity. We must cherish them. Sending big love to all of you. Um, there will be another edition next week. Thank you all so much for participating in our guest today. Uh, of course, the fabulous Denise Sylvie, who is artistic director of the most successful long-running play in history, The Mousetrap, and the incredibly talented Mr. Alison McGowan, J.B. Jordan Brown. Thank you so much. This is a rather hoarse, eclectic, and disingenuous, disbelieving Warren Wills, as we head into the festive season, bidding you a fond farewell and saying on 88FMJR, you are, of course, listening to this week's edition of The London Beat.
Air 88 FM. J-Air is committed to diversity and inclusiveness for the Jewish and broader community. J-Air.com.au Step into a world of authentic Greek flavours at the Mediterranean Greek Tavern, a family business based in Elstonwick for over 22 years. Enjoy freshly grilled souvlaki, seafood or a traditional Greek banquet. The welcoming atmosphere and family-friendly environment will make you feel right at home, as if you're part of the family. Phone 9530-0396 to make a booking or to inquire about a function. The Mediterranean Greek Tavern, 